Hey everyone. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about today is just a show, and I think you guys might have heard of it. Maybe I don't know. It's called Naruto. Maybe you know you you know about it. So I don't actually watch a lot of anime. Like I don't not not even a lot. I just don't watch anime like that. Um, mainly because I think I don't know. I think I like shows that have real people in them, and I'm not like a big you know supernatural type fan. Um, I think I think that's what it has more to do with not not themes because I, at first I was gonna say themes like you know I like real stuff, but anime and like cartoon shows they can have like real themes and stuff in it. So it, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's more so just the supernatural part and like I think I like seeing real people. So I, also I think it's because like sometimes I watch shows because I know this celebrity's gonna be in it. I don't think I watch cartoons or like anime because it's like oh you know this person's voicing them or whatever um but the show that i really wanted to talk about was just naruto mainly because you know i remember when i moved to canada the first show actually no that's not true the first show i actually watched was so when we moved here in 2005 um we had a close family friend who had like a basement for us like so we lived in the basement so when we got there the first day i went upstairs to like their house and their kids were watching dragon ball z so i think i i think dragon ball z is like the first show in canada that i watched and i was a bit like growing up i was a big dragon ball z fan like a huge dragon ball z fan i like the games and everything you know my friends and i used to play it but we had like this really small tv and i think the show that i watched like in my own house basement on like the small ass tv like maybe 18 inch tv was was naruto i remember i definitely remember watching the um, it was on ytv and i think it was the episodes where you know they were having like the tuning exams so i definitely remember watching that and after that i never watched naruto again like i was a big playing outside kid and um playing games like on the computer I played a lot of RuneScape growing up. I played this game called Pokemon Creator or Crater. I don't remember the exact name right now. It was huge. Like, I think all my friends played it. So many fucking people played it. And then whenever I tried finding it after, like, 2007 or 8, I just couldn't. Like, I can't even find it anymore. I think it was called... I'm pretty confident it was called Pokemon Creator. So if anyone knows about it, let me know. Um, But the, the next time I watched Naruto was... <laughs> in grade 8 whenever there was an assembly and I knew there was an assembly I would tell my mom hey you know that assembly is going to take the whole day let me just take the day off let me just stay home you know they're not going to be doing anything and I actually in grade 8 I got in big trouble for that because I think I probably had like 30 absences just because of that I would just keep telling my mom you know it's like no, there's nothing going on today I don't have to go and as, they sent us like a letter home like yo you know if you keep doing this we're going to send someone to live with you guys so like we see what the fuck is going on but I don't think they did anything because I started going to school a lot more often and my grades were, you know, pretty good. So I don't really, I don't think they cared that much. I think it was mostly just that I started going to school more. So they were like, all right, whatever. Um, but I remember I took maybe two days off. No, actually, no, no, no it was one day. And I, I on my iPod, like the regular Apple iPod where 
it had like a screen and everything, not like just an MP3 player. But the iPod, I found like some app that had all the Naruto episodes. So I got, I think I probably watched like 40, 50 episodes. You know, I, I didn't watch every single episode like all the way through. But, you know, I, like the ones that I wanted to watch, that seemed interesting. I watched all the way through. The other ones I just, you know, just kept skipping through. Which is something I still do. Like I'll turn a lot of these 50-minute episodes into like, 30 minutes 25 minutes so that's what i did i probably watched 50 60 episodes and then once again i just stopped watching i just didn't care that much like after that day i stopped watching it again um i think that day i watched up to, up to until toby no, no no it was up to it was after toby telling sasuke about itachi and uh you know toby going to talk to naruto i think it was i think it was then where, like, Sasuke gets to, like, the summit and shit like that. But what I really wanted to talk about was... I think the Obito and Rin storyline... Actually, I'll say this. Firstly, there's been two storylines that are, like, three. It's actually been three. So the first one was the... Oh, fuck, it's four. It's actually four. Shit, my bad, it's four. The first one was the... What's the name? Uh, let me find it again. It was the Yutakata... One, it was the, um, it was the uh, Yutakata, one of the tailed, tailed beasts. You know, I, I think his story one was really good. I haven't seen it again since then. Um, but I just remember it at the time I really liked it. The second one was, uh, I don't know which one came first. It, I, I'll just say Jiraiya. I think Jiraiya one really, that one really sucked. And when I say sucked, I mean it was incredible. It sucked that, you know, Dry's gone. The third one was Itachi. Just learning the truth about him. And, like, we learned more about Itachi, like, throughout the series. So, that one just keeps going and it keeps getting more incredible. Uh, the fourth one, though, Obito and Ren and Kakashi. That one just... I think that one... Like, the other ones I, I, I felt... But the Obito and Ren and Kakashi. But really, Obito and Ren. That one, like, almost made me cry. Like, I, I legit had to, like, hold back tears on that one. Especially because, like, in the outros, sometimes you'll see Toby and you know, young Rin will be right there, like, running towards him. And she'll just pass right through him. Because, you know, she's dead. So it's like, she's not really there. But when Obito dies and he sees Rin and, you know, Rin's like, oh, you know, finally here. He's like, you know, I got lost on the way. My bad. And, you know, she forgives them for everything. She's like, you know, you tried your best. Honestly, I, I I look at that one. I watched that video on YouTube a couple times. And I think I cry almost every single time. Or get right close to crying every single time. Like, that that really gets to me. Because, Obi, like, the thing with Obito was... He was only, like, 12 maybe when he, quote-unquote, turned evil. So, and even even his evil was in a way that... Hey, you know what? We're going to create a world where something like what happened to Rin can't even can't even exist. Like no one even has that type of thought for something like that to happen. It's not about oh, you know, I saw Kakashi kill Rin even though I know that's not exactly what happened. It's not about that. It's about Kakashi and Rin should have never been in that position. So I want to create a world where something like that isn't even possible. So, you know, him at 12, like getting that idea in his head, I I really felt bad for him. I really did. 
And then, you know, sometimes you see the episodes where it's Naruto on one side, uh, Obito on the other side. You see, like, how similar they were. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Just that I love Obito and Ren. Um, and, yeah, let's move on to the fact that the Atlanta Hawks suck. And the thing I wanted to talk about with them was just... You know, I remember when I did the preview for them, my, one of my thoughts was that covering for Trey Young is very fucking hard on defense. And the reason you can do it in the playoffs is because those games matter so fucking much. So like, you have to be locked in every game. And you also get, like, a day off, two days off. So you can prepare for it. And you're only preparing for one team. So you only have to prepare for one personnel to do it. And one thing I worried about was, can they do that, you know, game after game in the regular season? Like, do they have that type of energy? And it doesn't appear that they do. They're 28th in defense. Last year, they were, what were they? 21st, but they were, like, top 5 to 10 when uh, Nate McMillan took over. That's the reason they were 27 and uh, 11 after Nate took over. And there's two reasons for that. One is just Nate's a really good coach, defensive coach anyways. Although, he's had, like, a couple, like, really good offensive seasons. I remember he used to coach the the Blazers with, like, Brandon Roy. And they, they I think they had, like, the number one offense, like, two seasons or something. And, like, teams that weren't extremely talented. Like, obviously, they had Roy and Aldridge and Fernandez. But they weren't, like, over... Like, that's not... When, you, when, I, when I just named the people that I did, you don't think number one offense. But I'm pretty sure they had, like, the number one offense a couple times. So he's definitely got some ideas. He's a good coach. But I think right now he's he's a really good defensive coach. And they haven't been a good defense. So the reason they were such a good defense last year after he took over was desperation because they wanted to make the playoffs. And two, you know, once they made the playoffs, the games really fucking matter. So, like, they tried hard every time. It's hard trying that much in the regular season because it's 82 fucking games. So do you really want to put that much effort in every single night? And they don't appear to want to do that. Capella specifically, I think, looks really... I feel like he's injured or something. He must be because he's not playing nearly as well he has like the last couple seasons. He's not rebounding as well. He's not protecting the rim as well. He's not finishing as well. You know, and he he's, uh, he's not really a two-way player, but he sort of kind of is. Because defensively, he's really fucking good when he's healthy. And when he's good, the whole team is good because he protects the rim. And on offense, even though I don't think he's a two-way player necessarily, the the pick-and-roll threat is legit. When he finishes at the rim, well, that matters, and it opens up their offense a lot because he dives to the rim, someone has to come down, and that opens up a, a kick-out for, for, like, Trey or whoever's running the pick-and-roll, like, kick it out to someone, then they make a play. So that matters a lot, and he's not finishing as well. And the other thing is they don't have a true second guy or even like a true third guy. They just have a bunch of guys. You know, Collins averaging 15 and a half. Bog, uh, Bogdan's at 12. Hunter's at 12. Redditch is at 12. Like, you know, the, someone asked a question about should they trade like two of their guys for like one legit guy? And a lot of people were like, no, they have so much potential. They're so young. And they're right about that. They are young. Like Hunter's only 24. Redditch is 22. Herder is 23. So, like, you know, they have a lot of guys, obviously, that are very young, and you can just see them grow. But it doesn't mean, like, you can trade t- 
two of those young guys for like another young guy that's only like 25, but it's more proven. Like you can do that. And the other thing is, I just don't think Collins fits with this team unless you have like a unless you have a big that can space the floor and play defense. Because then you can actually get Collins involved in pick and rolls and whatnot. Because Collins is too talented offensively to only be getting 10.5 shots a game. He's just too talented. He's too good of a shooter. He's too good of a finisher. And, you know, I think he can be used much better on a different team. But, like, you know, he chose to stay there. You could probably swap him out for, like, another wing, like a big wing. And I think that would fit a lot better there. That's just what I think. Or you could go after, like, you know, a big that can kind of shoot. So now that big is a spacing big and Collins can be your, you know, pick and roll threat. Aside from that, like, I can't really talk about their offense because, you know, they have a top 10 offense. You know, defensively is where they're really having the problems and I just don't know. Aside from Capella playing much better, I'm not entirely sure what they can do. Because they do have some good defenders, like Hunter's a good defender. Reddish is a good defender. You know, Kevin Herter can play some defense. Capella is a good great defender really when he's healthy you know Collins is a solid defender but for some reason it's just not clicking I don't think Bogdan's a good defender I think he's okay Gallinari isn't a good defender uh Lou Will's not a good defender DeLon Wright is a fine defender Diang's a fine defender they are missing a Kongu I think that matters a lot because Capella's only playing like 28 minutes a game if the other 20 minutes or whatever are going to a Kongu I think that matters a lot more because I think he's like, you know, I've talked about it before in my other podcast where I think he's got a chance to just replace Capella altogether because I think he's that good on defense. But just, I just want to talk about offensively. I do think these rules are affecting players like Trey Young a lot. And even like Damian Lillard. I'm, I'll talk about Damian Lillard just in a second. But for Trey, it's it's Trey and Harden. It's that, you know, it's not just that they're drawing, they're not drawing the fouls anymore. But when you don't draw the fouls, Teams like players can play you differently because they don't they don't have that fear of getting called for a foul. I think that's the thing that's the part that people didn't recognize because you know when James Harden was scoring like the thirty six points a night, people were like, oh, but if you take the free throw free throws away, he's still averaging twenty eight points, and it's like yeah, but not really because that example doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because you don't know how teams are going to defend them if there's no foul baiting going on like if I'm guarding Trey Young and there's a pick and roll and you know I go over the screen I don't, I'm not worried about Trey Young you know stopping and like throwing his ass back on me and trying to uh, like getting a foul that way so I can defend him more aggressively and for Trey Young and James Harden you know they they would get so much more time because of that because players were so afraid of being aggressive on those pick and rolls that you know, Harden and Trey would have so much more time to think. And if those two guys who are already, you know, basketball geniuses have more time to think, obviously something great's going to come out of that. Uh, so I think that's definitely having a big impact as well. Because, they, like, they should be better on even offense than what they are. Like, top 11, top 10 de- offense for them, that's not good enough. They should be, like, top 5. And, you know, Trey Young talked about, oh, you know, we're the hunted now. Like, not really, bro. You guys really didn't do anything last year. Like, yeah, you made the conference finals, but no one takes you seriously. You're not like the 2015 Warriors or whatever, or 2016 Warriors. You're not that. And, like, that comment, like, reeks of, oh, this is my first time winning. Because Steph Curry's not taking the regular season lightly. 
He's not taking it lightly. He's won three championships. He's not taking it lightly. Kevin Durant is not taking it lightly. He's won two championships. You know what I mean? Like Giannis is not taking it lightly. He's won he's won a championship, back-to-back MVPs, a depoy. He's taking it seriously still. So for you to say, oh, you know, we went, you know, 41 and 27. We were like the fifth seed. Now we're the hunted. Like, no, not really. You guys just suck. You guys just suck right now. And that's it. You guys aren't playing good basketball. You guys are 28th on defense. Like, that has nothing to do with you being hunted. You on defense are being hunted. You specifically, Trey Young, are being hunted. But that has nothing to do with, you know, other teams are looking at you now and, like, hunting you guys. Like, why the fuck would they be hunting you guys? You got the fucking Atlanta Hawks. You were the fifth seed. Like, no one gives a fuck about you guys like that. I'm not entirely... Like, I think they will turn it around. But what does turning it around really mean? Does it mean they're going to go, like, 20-5 and in their next 25 games? I don't think so. Does it mean they might go, you know, 20-15 and in their next 35 games? Yeah, I guess. Something like that. But I can't see them, like, taking off and being really fucking good because they haven't shown me anything that suggests that. All right, let's move on to another team. Let's talk about the Washington Wizards because they're 8-3 and three and some people are talking about, oh, are they for real? Are they not? I don't think they are. But I'm not. But that doesn't mean they're a bad team because they clearly have a lot of depth. You know, I think they probably have, how many guys? 11 guys that they could play and they're still missing Hachimura and Thomas Bryant. So, like, they have a lot of guys they can fucking play. Um... But first, I want to talk about the Lakers guys because, you know, this is a narrative that's going around where it's, you know, the Lakers guys are thriving on the Wizards. And it's like, Kyle Kuzma's averaging 15-9, and below league average, true shooting, 43% from the field. He's shooting really well from three right now. He's getting to the line two times a game, making 48% of them. Awesome. Um, KCP's averaging 9-4-1. and one. Shooting 36.5% from three, 40% from the field. Harrell's been excellent, but, like, that's just what he does. Like, he's a regular season beast. Uh, Dinwiddie, you know, 15, 5, and 6. He's not a Lakers guy, but, like, a just he's a new addition. I just wanted to talk about him. You know, 36.5% from three, and that's not going to last at all. He's a bad three-point shooter, so, you know, he's off to a good start from it, but I can't see that. And the most concerning thing about Dinwiddie is... He's actually excellent at getting to the free throw line. Like, really good at getting to the line. And he hasn't been there. He's getting to the line 2.8 times a game. The last time he was fully healthy, seven times a game. So, I'm not sure, like, if it's just the early season stuff or if it's just the way that they're playing. He's not getting to the rim as much. But, you know, he hasn't been, like, excellent or anything. So, the reason for their success so far really is defense. They're top five. And, you know, they have some good defenders. Kuzma's a good defender. KCP is a really good defender. Harrell's a fine defender. The problem with Harrell is just he's a fine defender for a backup big. He's not like a starting. He's not good enough to be a starting big because of defense against starters. Dinwiddie's fine. Neto is fine. Gafford's good. Holiday's fine. So, like, they have a lot of fine to good to solid defenders. And that's exactly why I don't think that defense will continue to be that good. 
top five for that for the talent that they have. I just don't see it, and I think I th- I could see top twelve, thirteen, and their offense getting better to like top ten level, and them being a solid team like a forty five win team, forty seven win team, but I can't see, you know, top five and defense. I just don't see it for the rest of the season, mainly because they're. I don't want to say they're getting lucky, but they're getting a little lucky. Teams are shooting below twenty nine percent from three against them. 29% from three against them. Like the league average across the board is down this year from three. I think that, like, people are saying it has to do with the ball. I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know if it has to do with the ball because three point percentage is usually like 36.5%. This year is like 34.5%. So, like, league average is down. But there's like, teams are shooting 29% against them from three. I just don't see that continuing. So, I think defensively they're going to slip, but I think offensively they're going to go up because Bradley Beal is going to start playing better. I think Dinwiddie can hopefully start playing like his regular self and get to the line more because they're already great at getting to the free throw line. They have Beal, Harrell, and if, uh, what's his name, Dinwiddie can show up too. Like, they can be like a top two, three, like even top one and getting to the free throw line. So, you know, with that, with Beal shooting better, I think they can really get better on offense, but I just don't see them being a top five defense. That's why I don't fully believe in them. All right, the next team I wanted to talk about was the Miami Heat. So they lost, I think, three straight to Denver now, Lakers and Clippers. So the the problem that I had with this team was I just hated their depth. And I think it's starting to show, like, you miss Jimmy Butler and your whole rotation is in chaos. Like, you got you to gotta rely on Max Strauss, Gabe Vincent, like Marquise Morris is there, and that's Marquise Morris is not there, and that's a huge fucking deal. Like that can't be a thing. If Marquise isn't there, that should not be a huge deal to your team. So I think they're they're a team that has to get better depth wise. Like there's a, there's some really like not really good players, but like there's some solid depth out there for you to go get. Like Garrison Matthews is out there, he, he's solid. I think another thing with their depth is I guess I don't know Oladipo's situation like if he's gonna play this year at all because if he's there now you have like a solid seven players you can count on my only problem with them is it's too many backcourt players i think they need some wings like they need some players that can play the three and the four or the four and the five uh instead of one two and three Another problem that they're having is Duncan Robinson is just not making anything. Like, I looked it up, and he's shooting, like, 29% on catch and shoots, 29% on, like, open shots. So, like, that's not good. And you just paid this man, like, 90 mil or 100 mil. Well, I guess it was over five years. So, like, that's... And, like, the old NBA, that would be, like, 10 mil a year. So, it's not that bad. But even then, like, you expect better from him. And I think he's obviously going to get better. Like, he's having a shooting slump right now. Uh, So, that's hurting them in these games that they've lost you know, to the Lakers and to the Clippers now because I think he went like two for 13 tonight. And the other thing is Kyle Lowry always gets this thing where, you know, his numbers don't show the whole story, which is true. But I think his numbers were always good and they didn't tell the whole story. Like when he averaged, you know, 16, 5, and 8 on really good shooting, that didn't show that he's he's got the same value of a guy averaging like 20, like 24 points a game. But when he's going 0 for 8, 0 for 6, 2 for 13, 
at that point, he's obviously trying to score the ball, and he just can't. And that's been like that's been most of the games this season. Like he just can't this season. This season, that's been mo- that's been most of the games this season, where he's shooting these shots and they're just not going in. So like he has to be better. He has to start making his fucking shots. And I think that's it. I think I think the Heat are gonna be really good. I think the Heat are really good. Like I think that's a really good fucking team. And I think they're gonna. I think they're a legit contender, like a legit contender because they have, they have a star in Jimmy. They have Bam, who's I think a star. I'm not entirely sure, but I, I want to say he is a star. And Lowry is like an all-star caliber player. I don't think he's gonna make it, but he's like that caliber. He can be that caliber. Maybe not for like an entire seven-game series, but he can have three, four games where he is all-star caliber. Um, so like that makes a real contender, especially if Jimmy can be a superstar. Like if he can go, you know, twenty twenty bubble Jimmy for a couple of games in these series, then obviously he's a superstar and they've got a real chance. On top of that, Hero's been playing excellent for them. I think he's probably going to win six man. I think he's been that fucking good, that efficient. So for the Heat, I just think they need more depth. Like they can't, they can't be relying on. It can't be, oh, we, we don't have Jimmy tonight. Oh, we're screwed. Oh, Markeith Morris is out. We're screwed. Like, it can't be that. It just can't. You know, if Markeith is out, you should like you should be at, at a position where Udonis Haslam never sees the fucking court. Like, Udonis Haslam should never be playing. If you have if you have to play Udonis Haslam, that's how you know your depth isn't good. So that's something that they have to address. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it for today. All right, thank you for listening, everyone. Baby, get your shit together, we in new town. It's been a long time since we drank all night. I wanna see that ass move around. Baby, get your shit together, I'm talking right now. Pick out your shoes and your favorite smell of perfume. Baby, get your shit together, I'm talking right now